think about it, even in your own government capacity, you likely have nowhere near 100 team members that are focused and dedicated on payments, all the nuances of payments, compliance, reconciliation, the technology, everything that goes in that, you know, in that suite. From Tyler Technologies, it's the Tyler Tech Podcast, where we talk about issues facing communities today and highlight the people, places, and technology making a difference. My name is Jeff Harrell. I'm the Director of Content Marketing here at Tyler, and I appreciate you joining us. Well, today is part two of our three-part series on payments. Today, we're going to look at how payments impact government and how government needs to think about payments as it relates to serving their constituents. Joining us is payments expert Sloan Wright. Without further ado, here's my conversation with Sloan Wright. Well, Sloan, thanks for joining the Tyler Tech Podcast. Hey, thanks for having me. I, I know this is our second podcast uh, related to payments, and and either you you haven't looked at the listenership and the ratings yet, or uh, <laughs> or you're or you're at least blindly giving me another shot. <laughs> no, the first one was great. Got really good response. You know, we we promised a three part series, so we're gonna definitely uh, give everyone a, a three part series. But part one. Very well received. In part one, we focused on payments as it relates to citizens. And today, we're going to focus on payments as it relates to the actual government, to government. So excited to do that. And we'll we'll dive right in. And I thought it'd be great to level set on this first, you know, at the beginning here and talk about, you know, what, when we say payments, what, what exactly do we mean? That sounds like a, a good place to start. And though I imagine our listeners already have a version of what payments means to them, you know, we'll we'll maybe expound on that a little bit, especially, you know, taking this this government sector focus. As we mentioned though in the last episode, payments is a is a pretty broad term, but in its simplest form, we're really just describing the ability for a resident or a citizen or business really any person or entity to complete a government transaction, whether in person, maybe it's online, um, over the phone, uh, sometimes we call that IVR, um, or from previous instructions. And that may sound weird. What do you mean previous instructions? But I'm really kind of honing in on, you know, the the ability for, for a constituent to be able to schedule a payment um, or establish like an auto pay cycle where, where they can, you know, set it up to something that's going to work for them and, and you know, essentially make installments uh, where that's where that's eligible. And I know we talked last time about constituents, you know, expect payments to be able to be made online. We talked a little bit about, hey, if you don't have a bank account, you may, may need to go to a third party, go and go in somewhere, make a payment. As it relates to governments, what what kind of pressures or Really, what you know? What kind of challenges are governments seeing relative to payments today? That's a good question. You know, as I was kind of thinking through this and and our focus on the government segment, four kind of main themes came to mind. And the first one of those is really around technology. So, so when I look across the landscape of our government customers, I see that that they have many disparate systems many disparate data sources, even some legacy systems, numerous systems of record, 
you know, so those are some of the challenges is, is that our government customers, they have data associated with billers and, and invoices that they expect to receive payment on, but they're oftentimes spread across a lot of different places. In the technology space, you know, staying on that theme, I also feel like some of the challenges are, it's not just online, right? You, you, yes, you can take payment online potentially, but you also have in-person payment acceptance challenges. And then I would even throw in IVR. Uh, so, you know, that's that's the solution where, where you can essentially dial in um, via via phone line and, and you work with an automated solution to make your payment, as well as many of our government customers still support things like mail order uh, type scenarios where, where you may mail in your bill, you know, when when it becomes due. So so those provide um, some technology challenges, even though it's mail. Right. And then the last thing I'm thinking about in technology as a challenge is is the emerging payments space. So um, emerging payment methods and the constant flux with technology. So, you know, if you want to offer Apple Pay, there is work that has to be done to be able to present Apple Pay to your customers. Or if you want to um, offer PayPal, there's work that has to be done there. Um, so, so those feel like challenges in the tech space. The, the next area that really strikes me um, is presenting challenges is reconciliation. Taking in the money is really only part of the battle. You, you also need the ability to track the entire life cycle of a transaction. And, and that often means that it is a living order until several months after that initial interaction with that customer. And, and just to kind of level set with everybody, this is because there is the ability for a user to issue a chargeback. So maybe they don't remember that they made this charge. Maybe somebody else in their household made the charge and, and the person receiving the, you know, the, the credit card statement doesn't recognize that. But the networks, the card networks provide the ability for this chargeback process. And so... And so you have to allot for that, as well as maybe more typical scenarios would be refunds. You know, if, if a refund needs to be issued, that's still a living order. And the same thing um, with returns. So reconciliation really felt like a challenge in the government space for me when it comes to payments. Another one that I wanted to mention is maybe maybe this is the right name, maybe it's not, but omni-channel uh, payment offerings. So, so in the government space, chasing every method available through numerous technologies seems like it's a it would really be a tough place to be. Uh, Tyler Payments works to bring a powerful set of payment methods under one consolidated offering, which really it's aiming to take away the intricate details of these certifications and, and development efforts and other concerns that some of our government customers may have if they were trying to bring all these payments together, kind of more of a, of a piecemeal approach. And, and then the last kind of big bucket theme that, that struck me is, is, you know, needing some space on our podcast here um, as a challenge is around PCI. So, so this is the payment card industry compliance standards that are, are set and put out by all of the card networks. And 
PCI is everyone's concern. And, and sometimes that, that can be very scary, you know, especially for a government customer who, you know, who may not be um, staffed to take on this big compliance and security burden. And so, you know, so we are focused on providing options that leave our customers with the least amount of responsibility in this space. It is possible by ensuring our technologies do not ex really provide that level of exposure to our clients, specifically like sensitive data or, you know, or practices that would cause them to increase their efforts. It is possible that um, our government customers can have a very small scope in, in their PCI uh, concern. I'm curious, Sloan, I know pre-pandemic, I wouldn't have even thought about ordering lunch online, paying online, having it delivered to my house. I know the pandemic changed a lot of things. I think the way people take payments and expect to be able to pay is one of those things. And I'm curious from a government's perspective, what impact did the pandemic have? You mentioned those, these kind of four buckets. I imagine omni-channel maybe one, but what were some of the, the, the things, the pressures that the pandemic put on government? Couple of thoughts here. The the pandemic, as we all know, has has ultimately forced us to rethink our contingency plans when we're not able to leverage our traditional brick and mortar locations. That's that's across the board. I, you know, it, it it like it doesn't matter what industry you're in. Um, you know, everybody has has had to spend some time taking a hard look at at this approach. In my opinion. I hope opinions are allowed on the podcast, but, <laughs> but, in my, <laughs> but in my opinion, this was one of the bigger areas that had to be solved for very quickly to enable government to remain operational as we all got adjusted to such rapid and significant change. And, and so maybe just kind of diving in on that just a little bit, for many government entities, they already... Um, had shifted a lot of services to the online space, even even pre-pandemic. But but I think the key highlight here that we all discovered is online does not necessarily solve for everything. It doesn't solve for every use case, right? If it did, we wouldn't have brick and mortars anymore, right? And and so there are still needs for those in-person interactions and the ability to service customers who may not have the ability to process their transactions online. There are many circumstances, Jeff, that, that may ca cause you know, the, the citizen to need to interact with a person who can accept cash. You know, maybe this is a cash preferred person and you know and we are seeing that on a more frequent basis especially if you think about it in terms of the pandemic especially when offices were either not open during the pandemic or not accessible due to you know limited or traditional office hours i'll be back with my conversation with sloan wright in just a moment tyler connect it's our big annual user conference and registration is open so join us in San Antonio, Texas, May 7th through May 10th of this year. You'll network, you'll learn, you will grow, and you will save if you go to tylertech.com forward slash connect for early bird registration. That's Tyler Tech Connect, May 7th through May 10th.
something you said there sparked a thought, Sloan. I, I, I've got a, a local, and I, I try not to eat too much fast food, but there's a local fast food establishment that is near my home that I eat at, you know, every once in a while. Let's just, put it, let's just say that every once in a while. And I went in and ordered, and it was the first time that the service was not excellent. And as I sat there waiting for my food, because usually the food's there, it's ready to go. As I sit there waiting for my food, I noticed that there's DoorDash drivers coming in. I noticed that there was uh, people who had ordered and waiting for their food at the curb. I noticed people waiting in line inside. I noticed people going through the drive-thru. And I'm like, they're trying to serve so many needs. And you just hit on this, right? The needs of citizens are great. What what are the challenges for governments who aren't able to adapt and make some changes and able to kind of solve for all these different use cases? What are those challenges for them? I think that's a great thought-provoking example that you gave with, you know, with the the DoorDashes, et cetera, of the world, right? I, I didn't even, I think I knew, you know, kind of in the ether that that those services existed, but I had never used them pre-pandemic. And, and the popularity of those services absolutely skyrocketed. And those are those are virtual orders. So 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 you've got to either be able to limit the way that those are coming in because you have a finite amount of team members there that can that can fulfill the order. And and so that's where online really has helped our government partners. But but I, I think you know the payment space is continuously evolving right now. And in my opinion, we're seeing some of the most movement um, with the ways that customers are wanting to make payments. And, and to expand on that a little bit, cash is very much alive and well. And this probably resonates with many of our listeners who may have oversight of branch offices that serve the public. I, I think this is probably an area that that does cause our government offices to still have, you know, legacy cash practices where they've got so many stations set up with team members who have cash drawers and they can take these customers in and those types of things. And but this is one area where our government partners, they do have the ability to outsource some of the cash that typically would be flowing in to their offices. So so kind of thinking about it, you know, with your Grubhub example or your DoorDash example, right? There's only so many team members that are there that can fill those needs right now. But but what if there was a way to leverage a larger network to take that cash in and the government still gets receipt of those funds just like they would if it was a credit card or or any other method. I think it goes without saying, but but you know, just through this discussion too, managing cash comes with its own set of challenges. And and that's why we've taken steps to to partner with networks like the check free pay network, you know, to to offer our customers the ability to either move that cash completely out of their branches or to at least augment where the cash is accepted. You know, adding this option also effectively expands your hours of operation to to a segment of the market. Jeff, that may or may not work a traditional or a flexible schedule. They may also even come in and see kind of your scenario, right, where it's too busy and I'm not going to be able to sit here and wait for, you know, to be the next in line. Um, and so they may need to go and make, you know, some other some other arrangements there. 
Any other government challenges that we should be aware of? Another payment channel that I think is popular in the space and centered around alternative payments and and peer-to-peer networks. Um, One example, just to to make sure we're kind of level set here, of an alternative payment channel would be PayPal, for instance, which allows a customer to store numerous payment methods within a digital wallet. You know, it, it provides them essentially with choice and convenience during the checkout experience. And, and it also, an offering like a PayPal may also provide access to, to services like buy now, pay later, which that may sound really scary in the government space, but, but you know, kind of going back to what I said a minute ago, you know, Tyler's endeavoring to, to integrate and build payment solutions that allow our government customers to to be able to depend on the settlement times and the reconciliations and you know and all of those um, concerns that they have. So so don't let that scare you, right? Don't let the buy now pay later scare you. It's not the government waiting for the money. Rather, it's just a, a different uh, method that gives customers choice. We also heard a lot about crypto. I, I I think I think that was like maybe six months ago. We were like on this pinnacle of let's get crypto, let's get crypto, and then and then all of a sudden that trajectory kind of changed a bit, but but either way, Tyler's technology scaled um, to, to meet the market where that demand was. And, and by doing that, I, I can't even imagine how many hours that saved our um, some of our government customers who were pushing for you know availability of crypto as a payment method. It, it saved them from having to go and scale their own technologies for that. You know, maybe sticking, Jeff, and just cut me off anytime, but just in sticking with the PayPal line for a moment, I think it is maybe very timely to to at least share with our listeners that we are actively engaged in preparing our Tyler payment solutions to also be able to accept Venmo as a payment method. This is a very popular peer-to-peer type network that's widely leveraged in the U.S., and so um, I think that'll be you know, an area that really helps to solve for for some challenges, um, especially as, you know, as the population structure and who the government's customer is, right, as that continues to evolve and change. We're, we're just really seeing this big push that um, in, in the market that for, for alternative kind of financial um, institutions and alternative means of of making payments that are that are maybe outside your traditional you know bank or or credit union type of concept and so and so those are all things that that we're trying to make sure that that we get solidified um, within our solution. So talk to us a little bit about Tyler Payments and and what you guys are focused on to really help governments solve these same issues. I I, I really think that you know maybe to to sum this up, Tyler offers an entire suite of fully featured payment options. And and let this one sink in for a second. We do that with a dedicated payments team of more than 100 team members. So, So just think about it, even in your own government capacity, you likely have nowhere near 100 team members that are focused and dedicated on payments, all the nuances of payments, compliance, reconciliation, the technology, everything that goes in that you know, in that suite. But one of the solutions that I would like to highlight to this audience today is our payments enterprise portal. And, and the reason I wanna highlight it is, is payments enterprise portal is designed to be the easy button for our government clients. 
So hopefully, if I had lost anybody in the podcast up to this point, you heard easy button and you are like tuned back in because everybody wants the easy way to to get into the space and, and to expand their offering. But the mission of this platform is to provide your customers with a single place to go to access and pay any bill that they have with you. And, and from that, the solution, thinking about our four themes earlier, the solution can connect and receive data from multiple data sources. So, you know, if you have bills that, that, you know, maybe it's a utility bill, maybe it's a property tax bill, you know, those probably are backed by different um, data sources and, and our solution can connect into those and still present everything on one pane of glass for your customer. The uh, solution also has shopping cart capabilities. IVR, as we talked about earlier, comes right out of the box. Um, auto and, and scheduled payments. And, and I think too, this is an added benefit for your customers. Um, the solution provides the user with a history of their transactions and a secure digital wallet where they can store their payment methods down for really easy access and interaction with, with your agency in the future. This solution is fully featured, and I would highly recommend uh, for any of our listeners to, to engage and work with their Tyler sales rep to learn how this could accelerate their journey in the payment space. So Sloan, if someone wants to learn a little bit more, is there a place they can go to do that? Absolutely. I, I think the best place to go, Jeff, and there there's information out here available too, so you can do a little self-service as well, which I think in this day and age, everybody likes likes the more information they can get on the web. But but I would recommend any of our listeners to go to tylertech.com forward slash payments. We've got a special place um, on the Tyler Tech website that's that's designed just for payment processing. Super easy. And if someone wanted to actually speak to person, you know, we're trying to solve for maybe different use cases. If someone wanted to actually talk with someone about that, is there sales representative the best place to do that? Absolutely. I, I certainly would say reach out to your Tyler sales rep, let them know, you know, that you want to have a deeper discussion on, on how Tyler can help streamline your ability to take payments. You know, maybe it's across more channels. Maybe, maybe you're not taking payments at all. Kind of any, any question in the payment space. And, and we're here to help meet your citizens needs and meet your citizens quite frankly where where they are and you know jeff i i if if you go back and listen or maybe this spawns a memory you know to from episode one but i know i said this last time but in fairness i did caveat it with i always like to say and (laughs) and what i always like to say and reiterate is that we don't charge to sit down and listen to the needs of our government customers. So don't be shy or scared to reach out for whatever reason. Your outreach may not only serve your needs, but quite frankly, it may also help bring awareness to new challenges that that you may be facing in the market and things that that we could consider, you know, adding into our roadmap to help uh, provide a stronger solution across the U.S. That's great. I appreciate that. And and though we looked at a little more closely today at governments, and this is part two. Part three, we're going to look at trends. You you may have hinted at a few of them. I'm thinking maybe things like crypto, Venmo. What are some of the things we'll be talking about in the third part of this three-part series? Our goal in parts one and two have, have really been, I think, Jeff, to set the foundation for the problem, both from the you know, from the citizen and the government side of the house. 
In episode three, I think we're going to plan to expand our, our view broader than just the ability to pay your bill with a credit card. Rather, take a deeper dive on some of the emerging payment methods and accepted methods to get our audience thinking about what is to come. We, we also may um, highlight some of the emerging technology that, that Tyler's investing in specific to Payment Insights, which is, is a major data and insights initiative that, that'll help our customers to better visualize and forecast and understand their payments business in a, in a, in a manner that's going to reach far beyond what, what they may um, be exposed to through traditional reporting. And we're also kicking off a, a specialized product uh, focus on fraud um, specifically, we're taking a deep dive with some of our customers to understand how they monitor and, and identify and, and, and track and prevent various different fraud scenarios. And, and we're doing this in an effort to, to really um, understand how we can enhance the solutions that we were talking about today with uh, some best-in-breed machine learning and artificial intelligence technologies. And so, that may expand us into, you know, into podcast four and five, uh, possibly. I don't know. Maybe it's wishful thinking, but you know. But there's just a whole um, area of of expertise and and in payments that extends beyond the traditional receiving and accounting for the funds. There's just this whole other technology road that that is built to support these solutions. Love it. Who knew payments could be so fascinating? <laughs> well, I did. <laughs> you did. That's, yeah. why you, that's why we had you on the podcast. Yeah, and I think hopefully all of our listeners do now as well. Um, and if for anything, it, it maybe at least highlights that, you know, that there there is a lot going on in the payment space and, um, and, it, and it shouldn't be something that you take on lightly you know you really should identify and and work with a partner that's gonna gonna help you meet all the goals that you're trying to achieve well sloan really appreciate your expertise and insight in this space and certainly appreciate part two here and, and excited to talk again in a couple of weeks about trends in the payment space so thanks so much again for joining the tyler tech podcast absolutely i look forward to it see you soon well, I hope you enjoyed part two, and I'm very excited for part three. As we look forward, we look into the trends happening in the payment space, including PayPal, Venmo, cryptocurrency, and the like. That's part three of the three-part series. Well, thanks so much for joining the Tyler Tech Podcast. We have lots of great episodes planned for 2023, so please subscribe. Until next time, this is Jeff Harrell. Director of Content Marketing for Tyler Technologies. We'll talk to you soon.